Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hello, thank you for tuning in to the Football and Feelings podcast with me, Liam Masters, speaking to Rob and Pete on this episode from Sands United Northants team uh, based in Northampton, the first Sands United team to form as well. Um, They are a team of bereaved dads who have all been brought together through similar and difficult circumstances. They represent Sands Charity, who do amazing work related to stillbirths and neonatal death, providing support for those families that, that have lost babies in, in such difficult circumstances. The work they do really is amazing. I suggest you check them out. I spoke to the lads recently about appearing on BBC One documentary, Football, Prince William and Our Mental Health, which, in my opinion, anyway, it, it displayed the team in such a great light, as well as the importance of talking about mental health, especially with men in and around football, which is sort of similar to what we're trying to achieve with this podcast as well. I'm certain you'll enjoy this one. As always, there'll be links in the description to go find the Sands team and to mental health charities if uh, if you're struggling a little bit. Um, yeah, I'm sure you'll enjoy this one. Cheers. Okay, thank you to Peter and Rob from Sands United for joining me on the podcast. We've got uh, Peter in his home office and Rob in his van. How you doing, lads? Morning, yeah, you good, right? thank you. <laughs> um, I saw you were back to training. You had your first session back. How, uh, how did that go? Yeah, I'm just about recovered, I think. Legs are still a bit sore from uh, some of the fitness work that we did. Um, but, um, but yeah, no, it's... Uh, yeah, it was good to be good to be back and seeing the lads um, and uh, and kicking the ball about and and just yeah, just working a bit on on some fitness. What about you, Rob? Lockdown has not been good to me. I'm not going to lie. Um, I've probably put on a few more pounds than I would normally. I've I've literally done nothing since we stopped playing football. Um, but yeah, no, it's good to see the boys. We had a couple of new faces as well, which is good for good for the next season coming up you know if we can strengthen the squad up a little bit we've got a few options on what we do with the team going forward so yeah just um as i say good good to see the lads good to get back back to it and actually have a chat in person at a safe distance um mm-hmm. rather than via you know whatsapp and zoom and stuff yeah now you're at the probably the start of the longest pre-season you you'll have i'm guessing feels <laughs> 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 so like it could be a never-ending pre-season yeah, it could be. Never, yeah, who knows? I've never, I've never really liked preseason either. So this, this is going to be a test of my uh, mental strength to get through. I think. <laughs> I'm not sure about about you lads, but throughout lockdown, not having football to play and and to watch as well as a release is something that I've really envied. It really it helps me like get a lot of anger out. But, um, mm. Is that something that that you've both missed, Rob? Yeah, definitely. I think. Um, I never really realised how much I relied on football, both either watching it or playing it, but um, certainly playing it for for that kind of hour and a half on a game day where you just get to kind of switch off to all the other stuff that's going on. Mm. You know, whether it's work's getting on your back or, you know, that the missus done your head in for the week or the kids are, you know, a bit on top of you. Um, lockdown's been a bit strange as well with like, 
being at home a lot more. Um, I'm normally kind of out working most of the day and, you know, I don't get, I don't, fair play to, fair play to, the, to the wives and, and people that look after the kids all the time because it took me a couple of weeks to adjust to it. Um, but yeah, it's, it's, but after that, it's been really good. It's, it's been good to have the extra time to spend with them, but football's definitely been a, a massive miss. Um, you know, just personal fitness wise, you know, as Pete said after training, my legs and my back were in pieces. Um, I struggled to get up the stairs. Um, so just kind of, it's, it kind of has a, a, an all-in-one kind of job to do where, whereby, you know, it's good for your fitness and it keeps you kind of active and it makes you work there a bit easier. Um, it gives you that chance to get, get a few things out. And yeah, it's, it's definitely good that it's coming back slowly. Yeah. What about you, Peter? Um, yeah, yeah, it's been it's been weird not having any sort of sport. I mean, I, you know, for me, football sort of come to me late in life. I've always watched it, but I uh, haven't played it until until I joined the team. And some people probably say I don't play it now either, especially the manager. <laughs> um, well, that's the game put me on. Uh, so um, yeah, no, it's 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 been weird not having sort of watching football, golf, cricket. Any anything rugby anything on on TV mm. has been really really strange. Not having that on, it's 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 a great release, and you just switch off and and, and watch it and, and and enjoy the enjoy the good moments and and feel crap about the bad moments, really. Mm. Um, but um, but no, it's been it's it's yeah. I've I've, I've been I've kept myself quite busy. Uh, I've lost my job before uh, before lockdown, uh, unfortunately. So I've been sort of trying to work out where I'm, where my next move is going to be. Really, um, I've got a few, few things that are bubbling along. I've, I've got a few decisions that I'm going to have to to make soon, and uh, hopefully, I'll, I'll hopefully I'll have some choices uh, mm. to make rather than rather than not having any any choices, uh, which will be which will be nice. Um, yeah, yeah. The the physical exercise, the the, the camaraderie, the the banter, the the, the Human contact, um, you know, we, we all enjoy we enjoy a good man hug in the team, um, and, and me more so than most, I should think. Uh, so not having not not being able to even shake hands with people, you know, it's it's just been weird, weird. And yeah, hard. yeah. Everyone, I think you can tell that everyone's sort of missing that that human connection that, uh, that mm. brings everyone together. And uh, and there you've heard it here first. Peter Allen is available on the transfer market. So if anyone's listening. <laughs> Maybe we'll get you a decent transfer. Please. Yeah, that'd be nice. That'd be nice. Yeah, anything. Yeah, yeah, anything that plays with what I used to wear would be great. Yeah. Uh, and you were you were talking about TV then? Obviously, Sounds United. You've recently been on the the football Prince William and Almano Health documentary. Nice little gateway into that conversation. Um, how's the reaction been so far about the documentary, Rob? It's been really good, actually. I mean, um, first two or three days, kind of the phones exploded. Um, I was charging my phone two or three times trying to reply to everything. Um, we've, gained, we've gained a couple of players. We've had some really nice messages um, from lads, other lads that want to start teams. We had a guy from Dundee messaged us and said that he, if there isn't a team near him, can he start one? Um, and a couple of other guys around that we've put in touch with teams local to them. So, yeah, it's had a really good impact so far. And I think... Um, one of the key things we want to do is not kind of leave it there, not just be a kind of a one thing wonder. Um, and we really want to kind of kick on and, and actually start making a difference and and putting putting into place all those things that we spoke about on the documentary and not just for a team, but for 
our wider community. And I know the guys on the other teams um, are really keen to to be able to do something and, and, and have that as a platform to, to work from. So, yeah, the future should hopefully look good. And But we've got, we've got a fair amount of work to do between now and now and then. Yeah. I mean, hopefully it presents a, a lot more opportunities for, for you all to spread the word. It must be quite satisfying knowing that uh, as you were the first team, uh, the first Sands United team to be made. Now you're when you're doing like these media appearances, whether it's on like this morning or the, doc- the documentary, you're not just representing your Northampton team. Mm. You're representing every Sands United team that's based around the UK. Do you take any any pride in that, Peter? Oh, ma- massive amount of pride to to be to just be a part of this this team and the growth. That it's uh, that it that has happened over the the year and a half, two years. You know, it's two years now. Isn't it? Mm. The growth that's happened over the two years since since the, two, the since the original uh, Sands was formed um, is yeah, it's, it's it's a it's a real proud moment to be to be a part of it, um, and and to be uh, you know to be the, the the sort of chairman of of the the original Sands United, the the the, the founders Sands United. Um, is yeah, it's, it's something that yeah, it's a, it's a real honour for me to be that, and so yeah, I, I represent um, I represent not just the Northampton team, but but the rest of the lads, uh, the rest of the teams around the country, and and do so with, with immense pride. Brilliant stuff. Um, obviously, on the documentary, you met some amazing people, including Prince William and some some top players as well. Um, but it's a shame, really, that it had to end on Zoom meetings, isn't it? Yeah, gutted. gutted. Yeah, but it was it was not the way it should have ended, is it, Rob? No, we had um, the guys were planning on a on a, like a meet up five aside kickabout um, with all the guys that are taking part in the documentary, and I'd been banging on and banging on about nutmegging a prince for weeks, and then. Um, <laughs> And then, and then, yeah, COVID nineteen kind of kicked in, and it, it all kind of went out the window a little bit, which is a, a real big shame because it would have been nice to have, you know, had a had a meet up and an ending to to the, to the whole thing. Um, but yeah, credit to the guys that were on it. I mean, there's some there's some really powerful stories in there. Like, you know, Jamo's story from down in Wales, and I met I had the chance to meet Jordan up in Preston um, at St George's Park when we met Tyro Mings and, and Tommy Abraham as well, and. Yeah, I, th- I think the insight into those guys as well and, and professionals at elite level and and as um, as Tyro says on the documentary, you know, no one really considers what goes on with a player. Um, you know, whether they're having a bad day or whether they're having a tough time, you know, in relationships or, or whatever. Um, they're just judged on that 90 minutes of football and, and some of the things the guys were talking about, the way they get around that and the way they deal with it was, was a real eye-opener. So very much a privilege to be able to have those conversations with those kind of people and, and you know a lot of people kind of think well they earn all this much money a week and whatever and, and life's peachy but you know the, the never a truer saying is money doesn't buy you happiness and I think talking to the guys in that setting and, and on the depth that we went to was was definitely a testament to it doesn't matter what your bank balance says you know inner happiness can't be bought and and um, yeah it's, it was a the whole documentary is, you know, as I say, it took nearly a year to film, but it was a, a massive privilege for us to be anywhere near it. You know, I, right at the beginning when we've got the first email, I said to the guy, I said, look, even if we only get two or three minutes as a club, it'll, it, you know, it'll do massive things for us. And then to feature the way we did and, and as heavily as we did is, is, is huge. And it's, it's something that all the other teams, although they weren't physically on it, 
you know, we all wear the same badge and we all represent the same thing. So all the guys are kind of really proud of the opportunities that we've been given and we've been very lucky. Um, you know, there's no denying that. There's not a lot of, you know, kind of grassroots level teams that get the access to some of the things we've had. So, yeah, it definitely shows that what we stand for and what we're trying to do is, is needed um, and people support it. And that's, that's very much a thing that we kind of rely on going forward. You know, we want to keep making sure that we keep making a difference and we, you know, try, just try and get to every kind of man, woman or child that's, that's experienced the kind of experience we've had and, and hopefully we can have a positive impact on their, their future outlook. So, Yeah, so it's getting the message out there that, you know, there is the support, there is help available, there is, you know, the, the, and if it's, you know, if it's a football thing, there's the there's the playing the football, you know. If it's if it's a child loss, then there's obviously that as well. But for any kind of mental health issues, there's a great support network that is there, ready, available, and, and waiting for any any guys that want to want to join in. That's it. It's a, yeah, it's a great incentive that uh, that you guys have got, and as well as what the prince is doing. It is a shame, though. I would have liked to have seen what he what he had in his locker. Um, I reckon he's got a few stepovers in him. I reckon a few Ramonas, maybe. Yeah, well, apparently he's no good in front of goal. Keep him as far away from goal as possible. So, <laughs> yeah, not the only one, though, is he? No, I'm not very good in front of goal either. But it doesn't stop me trying. Uh, did you uh, both have a favourite part uh, about being in the documentary or watching it? Was there like a standout moment for you? Oh, um, in, in on the actual. The, the documentary itself that was that was aired or throughout the, the time that we were with Both, them. actually, both throughout the yeah, filming. Um, There's a lot, a lot that we wouldn't have seen. Yeah, I mean, the the, the 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 meeting with him at the clubhouse, that was that, that was an experience that, that was just great. And, and yeah, um, to have the opportunity to have a, I think it was about a 45, 50-minute chat with him to talk all things sort of mental health and and men and and how we can support and and how things can be done in, in going forward and what needs to happen to to encourage men to speak out and, and that was 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 just yeah just just great to be a part of uh but but for me the the one bit that really sort of hit home in in the documentary was was seeing nick and rob's chat in the in the george um and that made me understand, you know, we're, we're always forever man at the lads for disappearing as soon as the game finishes or as soon as the training finishes. But we don't appreciate that, you know, there are anxiety levels within some of the lads that means they need to get back home because, you know, they, they don't know what's going on there. And their their minds are racing all over the place thinking what ifs and what ifs. And so we need to be more mindful that if lads do want to, disappear straight after training if they do want to disappear straight after the game if they can't come on a Sunday morning to watch us there might just be something else going on in their in their heads in their minds in their worlds that we need to be more sort of thoughtful about yeah it's tricky when you're trying to create a culture that encourages people to to stick around after and sort of share how they're feeling when that when some people maybe don't feel the same or that it's just not available to do for them at that moment I understand that it could probably be a bit not frustrating, it's probably the wrong word, but I mean, you have to learn to be flexible, don't you? I guess. Yeah, absolutely, and um, and so it's you know not everybody is is able to spend that time 
uh, away from their, their home environment or away from their family, away from their, whatever their, their kids, whatever mm-hmm. they're doing. Um, and so we need to be, as I say, more respectful of their of their choices. Yeah. What about you, Rob? What was your standout moment for you? I think, strangely, it's probably the same thing. It's, you know, I've known Nick for, for quite a while now since he's been part of the team. And, um, I, you know, I, I know of Nick's story. I know, you know, obviously his family very well, his wife and his, and his kids. And, um, but I never knew what kind of goes on behind the scenes, you know, that that level of anxiety that he's got and and the fact that he doesn't even consider himself um before you know before anything else he, he, that having that on his mind constantly racing you know something's going to go wrong if I'm not home it must just be exhausting and I can I can't relate to it because I you know I'm fortunate that I don't personally suffer with anxiety but I know a lot of people that do my wife included but yeah it just to, to, to talk to him on that level and, and get a kind of an insight into what goes on um, day to day. You know, that's not just when he's at football, that's any time he's away from the house, that's that's constantly going on, even, you know, kind of when he's at work and stuff. And yeah, it just, they give me a, a different a different picture. Um, and it's one that I think that depth of conversation hasn't happened enough with the other guys. And, and maybe there is more to still find out about the guys we've got on the team apart from what they've presented at face value. And, and I think that gives us a real kind of um, a desire to, to, to work closer with the guys and, and obviously get to those conversations and dig a little bit deeper and and really kind of try and point people in the direction. I mean, Nick, Nick said on the documentary that he's scared of asking for help at a professional level. Um, and I think that there probably is a, a good few other guys that are, at that stage as well so again if we can if we can get that conversation going and dig a little bit deeper and and support these guys whatever avenue they they want to go down whether it's professional help or whether it's you know a support group or you know just just having that conversation more regularly which makes it a lot easier for you um i think yeah there's definitely a lot of work for us to do but it's good to know that the guys are receptive to the work and and that if the conversation started they'll engage so it's just about now to kind of starting those conversations and, and finding the end goal yeah yeah there's no guaranteed method for for everyone is there everyone has to find their own way and you've, it's it's but it's uh it's great that there are all of these options available um one thing about the documentary that uh that i really liked and the team as well actually it sort of it really highlights the positives that can eventually come out of such negative situations but it done it done so without like undermining those negative situations and taking away the attention that they deserve. So like for example, we're seeing because of what all you lads have been through, we're seeing how important community is and that tribal mentality is. Um, do you think that that is part of the reason that Sands United has helped you lads and others around the country as well? Yeah, I'd say so. I, I think. You know, we've all been through terrible experiences and one of the hardest things for parents that, that don't have the children with them is is how they remember them and, and how they honour them. And you kind of, sometimes you feel guilty if you haven't said their name for a couple of days or you haven't had a conversation about them. Um, whereas we, you know, we, we try to find, our importance is that, it's, you know, it is our children. That's the reason we're all there in the first place. As I said in the documentary, and I've said to the guys before, I'd quite happily want to know all of them just not in the way that i know them um but yeah we 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 do keep a focus on that and it helps for 
for us to talk about it. And most of the time, the reason that people don't talk about it is they don't have the option or it doesn't have the focus. Whereas, you know, our kids' names are on our kits. If it's if it's an anniversary, there's a minute's applause, there's a minute's silence, or you get made captive for that, that particular game. So we focus very much on the children that we've, we've lost. But at the same time, we all understand each other on a deeper level whereby it creates its own tribal mentality because inside our group, we all understand how we feel. And outside, it's maybe where we don't get the support we, we want or we need or our friends and family can't talk to us on the same level that, that we talk to each other. Um, so I think the environment's created very much by the ease of, of being able to share what you're thinking and how you're feeling without any judgment instantaneously, whether it's on WhatsApp or whether one of the guys rings the other or we meet up at training or a game. And, and having that available on tap 24-7 is, is so reliable. Um, and I know that a lot of the guys have used that, that access to the, to the group um, a lot because, you know, there's, there's a lot of guys in the group that, that are at very different stages and some need more support than others. And, and thankfully for us, we've met, we've managed to create a very good environment whereby if they are struggling, they do reach out and they don't keep it to themselves. So yeah, it's been, it's been good to see the whole team from that aspect. And as I say, there's, there's definitely some more to do, but it's, it's good that we've got the foundations built. Um, and now it's just about seeing how, where we can take it from that. Yeah. And you, uh, you talked about like the dynamic of the team there, Obviously, I presume there's people that have been there from the beginning, uh, like like yourselves, maybe, and then people who have recently joined. Do you think that uh, that differentiation in terms of dynamics does that help you support other people, uh, Pisa? Yeah, I mean, um, I joined uh, in the December of eighteen after uh, being introduced to the, the team by my neighbour. Um, so I, I say I, I wasn't there right at the start, uh, but so I, I, it was yeah it was tricky at first sort of knowing knowing the the past relationships, past um, you know conversations that have taken place, uh, other people's stories, and you know whenever anybody new comes in, it's like so everybody else has got to then retell their their sort of story again if if they, if they want to. Um, so it was it was sort of difficult to know at first sort of how much to say, how much not to say, who to speak to, how to speak to them and, you know, getting to know the lads. But, um, yeah, once we sort of had a few sessions and a few games and, and I got to know them all a lot better, it was, uh, became a lot easier to sort of chat with them. I mean, you know, we, we, we lost Benjamin in, in 97. So, so for us, it's, we're, we're a very different place now. Uh, compared to where where some of the lads have, have lost in the last year or two, um, yeah, we had another two losses in '06 and, and '08. Um, but again, you know, 12 years ago, uh, a lot of a lot of water was was passed under the bridge. A lot of other life experiences have have come our way since then, um, and so you know, we've we've learned to. Um, that learned how to deal with with our our emotions when it comes to the child loss, and so with with my vast experience compared to some of the lads, uh, being sort of twice as old, if not more, than some of them, um, I, I'm I'm able to sort of give them a uh, give them a, a, a hand and, and and sort of really 
talk to them about you know life will get better you know there will be there will be brighter days there will be um you, you will be able to smile again you will be able to laugh again you will you know you will enjoy uh, better days in the future mm-hmm. before we sort of touch on on both of your stories uh, i'm not sure who'll be the who's the best person to ask about this the history of the team uh i want to know who like That'd who started it uh, for you rob. rob okay so uh so you started it you started the team right yeah so it was a complete accident to be fair um so october 2017 me and my wife were due our second child we already had a little boy and i, I had a, a, a little uh, boy from previously as well um and we we'd always kind of had this agreement that once our lad was at school um we would try again and we got to the the stage we were kind of four days away from from her being due um and you know my wife hadn't felt a lot of movement on the sunday night and we went into kind of hospital and stuff and yeah they, they put us on all the machines and all that kind of stuff which is stuff that we've done before so we hadn't really got any alarm bells about it um but yeah it was, it was that particular day uh we found out that she was no longer with us and and then she was born on the monday morning um and then after that, you know, I played Sunday league for a Sunday, you know, local Sunday league team called Eastern Eagles. And I I'd played there for about two, three years, but I played with most of the lads on the team I'd played with for over 10 years on different, various different teams. But yeah, I, I just kind of, I stopped socialising, um, stopped going out. I kind of put my focus on the people in my house and didn't really, didn't really care too much about the wider world outside. Um, if the, you know, if it was anyone else but the people inside my front door, I weren't really interested. And then, um, yeah, and then I got a phone call off my old manager. Um, so that would have been about November, December time. And he said, oh, me and the lads have had this idea about doing a charity football match for for the charity and for you guys as a family. Um, what do you think? And I kind of was like, yeah, sounds like, sounds like a great idea. Um, but I, I still wasn't in the right kind of place to help out planning or, or doing anything towards it. Um, so I left it to him and then kind of January, February time he rings me back and he's like really excited he's like well I've booked it Rob I've booked it and I'm like Alan what are you talking about what have you booked he's like I've booked six fields and I'm like you've done what um, so obviously six fields in Northampton is is you know it's the, the biggest stadium we've got it's the home of the Cobblers um, I thought it would just be like a you know Saturday UCL team um, ground that we were going to steal for a couple of hours and he's telling me he's booked the biggest stadium the Funtons got. So I'm like, right, okay. Uh, right, like, you know, I need to kind of get involved at this point. And then uh, I said to him, so who are we playing? He was like, I don't know. I haven't I haven't thought that far about it. And I'm like, <laughs> oh God, what are you doing to me? So, so I was like, you've got the biggest stadium in Northampton and we've got no one to play against. And he was like, yeah, yeah, but it was, I just wanted to get it booked. And I'm like, right, okay. Well, I said, right, leave it, leave it with me and I'll see what I can do. And, and because I'd, gone to a couple of support groups they do a couples group and they do do a dad's only group um that's a, a lot of the support groups the couples groups I'd, I'd been to I looked around the room and, and most of the time you've got you know between 20 25 30 30 people there but there's probably two or three blokes and I'm like what's going on where are all these guys and mm. and I kind of got to the realization I mean once my missus first mentioned the group I was kind of like mm, is that for me um but luckily, I was kind of open enough to think, well, I've never needed a group, so I don't know if it's for me or not, so let's go and try it anyway. But being there and seeing the lack of men, I'm kind of thinking, well, like, what's going on? Why don't 
anybody else come. Um, so then I, I kind of thought, well, all right, let me try and drag a few of these guys out of their sofas um, and put a dad's team together. And then I'll play on the dad's team and we'll play our old team. And yeah, it took me about two or three months and I ended up with, uh, I think we had 17 lads on the day. 15 of them were, were dads that had lost children and two of them were very close friends of the guys that were playing. Um, and yeah, I mean, the, 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 that day was just kind of, it was magical. It was, you know, in the weeks leading up, we had training and we had a WhatsApp group and the lads were chatting and sharing and and kind of really pulling together um, and turning into a team. They were, they'd gone from strangers to, to really kind of becoming a team. And then that day, you know, when you're standing out there and you've, you know, we, we did a minute silence, we did a big balloon release and then kind of looking up and I think we might, we, we maybe only had 300, 350 people come, but to to see the support we were getting and and obviously with that that amount of people you can hear every shout and scream from the crowd as well um but yeah it was just kind of one of those days where if you'd have planned it you wouldn't have got it to go the way it went you know it it just it made itself um mm. and then following on from that one of the guys Rory actually came up to me after the game um and he said oh now the football's gone you're not going to delete WhatsApp are you? and I said no no because I've made you know a lot of friends from that as well um, and the idea was just to do like curry nights or crazy golf or, you know, whatever it was, just to keep these guys together, these 15 lads. I really wanted just to kind of keep them together just because they bonded so much and they all had a shared experience and and that they, they weren't meeting up anywhere else. They weren't going to groups and they weren't talking online forums and they weren't reaching out for support. But once we threw football into the mix, they were all happy to do that. So... Yeah, the idea was just to keep the guys together. And then um, I was due to take over as manager before losing Neve um, for my Sunday league team. Um, and then we were, in the, we were in the WhatsApp group chatting one day and I thought, what about this lot being a Sunday league team? And I kind of put the feelers out and said to the guys, like, what do you think about doing Sunday league? And um, I mean, the 15 guys we had, they were all great, but you know, we had guys that some of them played rugby, some of them had never put a pair of football boots on in their life. Some of them, are quite openly, um, our Roy will tell you every single day of his life that he hates football. But they all wanted to get involved because it represented their children. And, and football aside, that's really what they wanted to do. So I think for about seven or eight of the lads that did the game volunteered for Sunday League. Um, so we started again kind of, we had a chat about team names and all that kind of stuff. And one of our previous players who was still in contact with Sean, he came up with Sands United. Um, if it was down to me, we'd have been called Dad United. So I'm glad he had a better idea than I did. Um, but yeah, and then we just kind of put out a couple of feelers on, you know, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. We made up, we made a team page up and um, we put the feelers out to local radio, local newspaper. And that was it. It kind of, it exploded. Um, you know, we had we had a load more players get involved, um, but on the, on the media side and the the coverage and the promotion of the team, um, every kind of decent outlet that we could have hit, we hit. You know, Sky Sports News and BT Sport, and um, it just kind of went bananas from June till about December time. Um, and you know that that first six months that we were even a club ended it with us winning the. Um, 2018 Team of the Year Pride of Sport Award, which was a, another kind of bananas thing, but just again kind of pointed us 
in the right direction and said, you know, what you're doing does make a difference and it is needed and you need to kind of keep doing it. Um, but yeah, the, the, the team was never supposed to go nationwide. Um, it was never supposed to go any further than a function. It was literally just supposed to be a local thing for local guys just to stay together, stay in touch after after playing in that charity game. And and then, you know, the world took over from there. And, and here we are a couple of years later with 25 teams across the country and, and still more people wanting to get involved. So the, the, the impact it's had um, has just been astronomical. If you'd have planned it, you could never have planned it the way it went. And it's been a completely organic, natural growth that, you know, even at times I sit there and go, what is going on? Um, you know, I'm in, I'm in touch with all that. We've got a WhatsApp group for the other managers from the other teams and we all kind of help each other out with different scenarios that we've got in our teams and stuff like that. But even sometimes I've sat there like, you know, there's 25, 27, 28 guys in this group and if each of them has got 10 players, that's, you know, 270-odd men. But most of these guys have got 25, 30 players. So, you know, you're well in excess of 500 people that this kind of crazy one-off idea is affected. And, and then, yeah, sometimes you have to kind of sit back and just kind of let it sink in a little bit. And it's, it's, it's still, even then, it's hard to kind of get your head around. But, yeah, it's been an amazing kind of experience. And I suppose the, the biggest part of it has been triumph from tragedy. You know, all, the, all these guys have now got a purpose and they've now got something to do that they never had before. And they've got friends and what you would call a family in each team um, that, you know, is, is so important for some of the guys that are really, really struggling. You know, like like Pete, although my experience was only a couple of years ago, my role in the team is, is more on the support side um, to the guys rather than needing the support. Um, it's probably kind of 70 30 um i'm me supporting them rather than needing the support but yeah there's there's guys at different stages and and without what we've got now i just don't know where they'd be we've we've had a couple of players over the last two seasons that have quite openly kind of said to me that had the team not been here neither would they and and that in itself kind of again makes you kind of sit back and look at what you're doing and 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 it tends <laughs> To know that that's a reality and, and to know that that's a thought process that's going through some of our guys' heads. You know, I couldn't I, would, I couldn't dream of the team not being here for them now. Um, so now it's just about kind of digging the roots as deep as possible and really getting the team and all the other teams kind of really solid for the future. And, and hopefully they'll be along around long after we've hung up our boots. I hope that you all do have the time to sort of reflect and and realise how proud you should be because it has progressed by the sounds of it amazingly to have so many people involved around the country and even just, just your team, what you've gone on to do. It is amazing. But uh, what What's the atmosphere like on game days? Does it differ, do you think, to like a, a normal Sunday league team? Don't ask me. No, no. Any <laughs> Sunday league team, why not? <laughs> no, I mean, it, it, it depends on the game day, I think. If it's an anniversary game, um, you can tell that that particular player and the players kind of closer to that player are, are in a slightly different headspace. Um, there have been games myself where, you know, if it's an if it's an anniversary game, sometimes your emotions take over and there's a couple of kind of wild moments where you're just not concentrating, your head's in a different space. You maybe, you know, make a dodgy pass or a late tackle or whatever it is because you can just sometimes for the first 10, 15 minutes, 
you can see the guys aren't fully focused on the game because they're still focused on on their anniversary. So those games are really tough ones to manage um, and play in um, from a personal point of view. And, and I think from the guys seeing the guys as well. But on a, most of the time on a game day, it's, it's standard kind of game day mentality. The stereo's on full whack. You've got lads dancing around the changing rooms. You know, we're all singing stupid songs or whatever, um, taking the mick out of each other's brightly coloured boots or whatever it is. Um, you know, and it's very much, you know, and that gives a lot of people, whether they've been in the team a long time or new to the team, um, I think, again, that kind of shows that you can enjoy yourself. As Pete was saying, you can enjoy life after loss and it doesn't have to be a constant struggle of pulling yourself out of bed and doom and gloom. You know, game day rolls around and, and people are there and they're buzzing to be there because they're, they're with the boys and, you know, they're, they're representing their kids and they're getting to play football with the children that, you know, unfortunately we won't get to do. So, yeah, game days can, can, can be one of two things, but normally they're always a very, very good experience whether it's a tough one or not you've still got to kind of get through it and sometimes the, the hardest part of an anniversary game is the the week or so leading up to it mm. um because you, your mind starts to race and you you know you've got all these thoughts and feelings going on um so yeah having that 90 minutes where you can just kind of switch off not think about anything else not worry about anything else and just kind of play with the boys every every lad on your shoulder on that game on that pitch has been through the same thing so you feel yourself that every guy behind you is backing you up. So whatever you're going through, they're all kind of there for you. So yeah, it's a, it's a good place to be. But yeah, most of the time it's just, it's standard football mentality. People chucking socks at each other, uh, taking a mick or, or just generally having a laugh. Yeah. The thing is for me, I, I, I can't even pretend to relate or to understand how it must feel when you go through, go through such an awful experience. But at what stage, uh, at, at what stage in grieving do you manage to channel that and turn it into something positive? Because sometimes people imagine that to be like a like a light on moment, or do you think it was a bit more of a bit more of a process? Yeah, I think it's 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 different for everybody as well. You know, there, there are some people that uh, manage the, the the grieving process a lot quicker than others, mm. um, and it, it it yeah, I think it depends on that that person's um that their mental health state at the time uh who they've got to support them um and who they're supporting as well um what, what do you think rob yeah i'd very much say the same thing you know it's, there's no book on this there's no book on grieving there's no one size fits all mentality or method um and i think yeah as pete said it's everybody's different and sometimes the guys don't even know um, a lot of the guys, you know, we've had guys get involved with the team two weeks, a month, two months after after their losses. Some guys haven't got involved until five years or or, or plus, you know. So everybody's in a different stage, and I think I think with the grieving process, it's it's down to acceptance, and and I don't mean acceptance of the loss. I think it's the acceptance of what you're feeling, because as men, we don't tend tend to generally kind of go do I feel anxious have I got anxiety am I depressed you know let me you know nobody's having that conversation you, you know you, a lot of the a lot of guys kid themselves that I'm all right I'm sound don't worry about me you know if anybody asks I'm fine you know brush that away let's not go into that um 
But I think that the minute that we can ourselves own our feelings, because we, we've all got, you know, none of us have got a perfect life, whether it's work stress, money stress, relationships, loss, whatever it is, whatever it's getting on top of you, there has to be a point where you sit back and go, what am I feeling? What is this that I'm feeling? And how do I deal with that? But until you're asking yourself that question of what am I feeling? you won't ever get the help that you need because you don't think that you need it. Um, so it just depends on what they, like as Pete said, you know, support networks can have a massive impact, um, which is why the team I think is so important because it gives people that support, It you know, straight away. The minute that new guys join or um, whatever, you've got it within our team. There's so much of a vast experience of different things you know, as Pete said, his losses were a long time ago, so he's in a different place than, than somebody else will be. And it's and it's just being able to pull all those little tidbits of information and, and ways that people cope to kind of help yourself get through. But, yeah, the, the very, very starting point is that you've got to kind of accept it yourself and ask yourself those real questions before you can then reach out and start exploring how you combat those feelings. Mm-hmm. You mentioned uh, that the team started through a charity match pretty much is there do you have plans for the future to do more of those what have, uh, what have you got planned yeah we were and unfortunately again uh, coronavirus is kind of not this one on the head but this this year was going to be our first so we had the very first charity game where the team formed that was in 2018 then we did another charity game in 2019 where um, we had the pleasure of meeting hoops actually who mm-hmm. who had been in contact with us since the first charity game and he, he's done a lot of kind of sharing and retweeting and he he's answered dms to the guys as well he's very you know he's, he's really good like he's very much an open book and he's always willing to help out um so we had the pleasure of playing with him the the year after in 2019 and then this year was going to be the first ever Sands united tournament down in brighton so andy andy runs a brighton team we'd, we'd spoke about it in the management group for weeks and weeks and weeks and weeks and weeks and then andy was like right i'm doing it he did he did an allen he was like i'm booking it doing it um and yeah he put he, he put the wheels in motion for that and it was something that you know again we i think we had 16 teams that were at a stage where they could play um so they were all going to be coming down we were going to do a seven aside format so it was team for 10 so even that was going to be you know 150 160 guys were all going to converge in one place um that have all been touched in some way by child loss and and we were going to do uh, Andy had planned some workshops, so he's going to split the day over Saturday and Sunday. He's going to do a couple of workshops where he's going to try and get people in to share experiences. A um, couple of coaches, hopefully from kind of high level clubs, to teach the managers a couple of drills that they could take back to clubs. Uh, but kind of turn it into a bit of a conference and a tournament all at the same time. Um, but yeah, that's been pushed now to next year. So. 2021 should see the first ever Inter Sands United tournament, um, which is going to be quite a huge event, really. I mean, footballing aside, it's, you know, to have that many people there sharing experiences, networking, building relationships that they can take back to their clubs. Because sometimes you you might not want to talk to the guys on your team about real, real deep, deep stuff because you don't, you know, teams change, they evolve, players come and go and, you know, it's hard to put that level of trust into somebody if, you, if you're not 100% sure they're going to be there again, um, which is why I think a lot of the guys lean on me and Pete 
because you know I think foot, again football aside if I couldn't play tomorrow there's no way I wouldn't still be involved um, and I think Pete's very much the same you know it doesn't the playing side for us is it's great while we can do it but it's not the be all and end all of the team um, so I just think that from a networking point of view and, and what that's going to do for these guys that have come into this tournament could be huge and, and should be huge and we're going to try and make it the biggest and kind of best event we can for the lads to attend and, and hopefully they can all take something away from that. Yeah, that sounds like it would be an amazing experience. What, what do you think about that, Pete? I'm sure you're buzzing for that to happen. Yeah, absolutely. It's um, yeah, but the, my neighbour that uh, that got me into the team, he was he was really looking forward to it. Uh, he's he's um, he's just been uh, blessed by uh, by by a daughter uh, after many years of of, of trying and uh, and, it, and to have uh, have her in in the street now is 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 great and it's it's wonderful. And seeing a seeing a very happy mum with, with her with her daughter now is is just fantastic. But yeah, Kenny was like, yeah, yeah, she'll be about oh, yeah, she'll be about two two months old, three months old maybe. Yeah, yeah, I should be able to get uh, should be able to get away to Brighton. Should be able to get away. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, we'll definitely do that. Definitely do that. And it's like, well, how are we getting down there? How are we getting down there? And this was all sort of months and months ago. And uh, it was like, don't worry about it, Kenny. You've got plenty of time. And then of course, virus hits, and it's like. Uh, we won't be going to Brighton. I said, you never know, you never know, you know. I'll be trying to sort of keep as positive as I can, saying, no, we'll, 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 it should still be on, it should still be on. But, um, yeah, then it got, uh, then the news came out that uh, they've had to postpone it for, for a year and doom and gloom descended upon the close here. And, uh, and yeah, the first thing Kenny got, yeah, give me my money back then. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but, uh, yeah, so it was, it was, yeah, it was desperately disappointing that, that we weren't able to have the opportunity to, to have the inaugural Sands tournament, um, to get loads of guys down there, um, talking, chatting, listening, helping, supporting, playing football, learning, uh, and all sorts of other things, which, um, which, it would be one more opportunity that a lot of the lads wouldn't have had uh, if it hadn't been for for that man there, Mr. Rob Allen. Yeah. <laughs> I've uh, I've never been to Brighton, but it sounds like 2021 might might be the year I'll make the visit. Then it'll be great to come down and to, and and see what you're all doing there. Um, you do a lot of podcasts. Yeah, I've been thinking about that. I've been thinking about doing some live documenting. I was speaking to Hoops about this actually not too long ago. Um, yeah, that's a that's a great shout. That's um that's what I was thinking, but um yeah, hundred percent. Uh, thank you both very uh, thank you so much for sharing your own experiences and what you're doing with the team as well. I do have three sort of quick fire-ish questions to to round it off. Um, I've been reliving some uh, some emotional moments in in the game uh, as a football fan, uh, just because there's been a lack of football to to document. So from both of you, a good or a bad moment. As a as a fan, or even as a Sunday League player, what is the the most emotional moment that that you think you've you've been a part in or you've witnessed? Let's go to you, Pete. Oh, crikey! Um, actually, the the night that Spurs got through to the Champions League final, uh, we had a social evening, social night out bowling, and I think there were three Spurs fans there. And quite a few Liverpool and Lady United and stuff, and a few Arsenal's. And um, 
and and we were yeah we finished the bowling we sat in the bar uh, I'd taken my iPad to watch the game because I was like there's no way I'm going to be bowling and not watching it so I had the iPad on watching the game you know at half time we were what was it two nil down as well here we go and then we were literally sat in the bar just getting ready to go and and we scored and it was like and I, I just sat there in disbelief uh, the, the way the game changed and the way that we'd had uh, to have, have all the lads uh, around me sort of even the non-Spurs fans celebrating with me as well was that that's yeah that was that was a that's a moment that's going to live long in the memory um but the following game not so much when we lost Liverpool <laughs> <laughs> and that that was the night of our uh our um our, our trophy presentation that year um but uh yeah, that was yeah that that wasn't a, a game to remember, but that yeah. that uh, that semi final was um, oh something special. Amazing. All about you, Rob. I see you failed to mention the fact that you turned your iPad off at one point and then <laughs> had, to get, had to get a goal alert on your watch before you turned it back on. But yeah, um, <laughs> personally, um, I went to I took I took my two lads. Um, a few years ago now to the to, to Old Trafford to watch the uh, charity football game that David Beckham did for the seven charity um, you know growing up uh, I think I based a lot of my early years on on Beckham um, from from the hairstyle to the number to I even wore the same boots uh, um, I played the same position I kind of tried to reinvent myself as the next Beckham um, but to actually watch him kind of play properly, um, and obviously that get that particular game, he had Brooklyn come on and play next to him as well. Um, yeah, it's just that, that for me to be able to take my boys to watch a player that that they had kind of next to no idea who he was. But um, now my lad's a bit older; he's kind of getting a, got a lot more into football, and he there's I think they've put the the Beckham thing on on Netflix now and he sat and watched that and I said when it got to the last game I said we were at that game and he was like was he? He couldn't even remember it um, and I had to pull up pictures on my phone but yeah I mean from a personal point of view to watch to watch him play properly because um, my, my dad's a Liverpool fan you see so as a kid I never got anywhere near Old Trafford um, I, ne- I never I, he never took me to any of that he wouldn't he wouldn't dare go and sit in, in the United end at Old Trafford so um, I didn't I didn't have the opportunity to go and see him growing up so it's good to go and see him as an adult but it personally wise it would it would be you know the kind of the first for the team first goal um, for, I scored on on Neve's anniversary um, her first anniversary game that I played in um, and it's things like that but also like the other lads' first goals, um, and, and I think uh, John, one of our lads, John, who played for us last season, he scored on it on his anniversary, and I've never seen a dog pile so big in all my life. You know, it's, <laughs> it's just the minute it happened because you know John, John will that, that was once we he, caught up with him. Yeah, yeah, he, he went on a mad one, didn't he? Um, but yeah, <laughs> I mean, John, John will admit that he's not the most technically gifted player, but he wanted. He wanted a goal for each of his kids, and it really meant a lot to him. And that, that first goal that he got, like all the lads just kind of rushed him, and and the ref was, he let us have five minutes, but after that, he was like, "Lads, you need to get off pitch, and we need to get the game going again." But um, yeah, just moments like that, where whereby you know, the guys are really, really getting something enjoyable out of the team, and, and myself personally, I think are the are the moments that I like the most. 
Amazing. Uh, and the last question before we round off, I always ask this question, uh, a bit of positive reflection. Uh, let's go to you first, Pete. Um, what about yourself are you most proud of? Oh. <laughs> 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 I'm not very good at doing things like this. But um, I, the, the thing that makes me proud is it's just helping and supporting uh, those that, that need it. Um, ever since I was in primary school, and uh, and took a took a guy under my wing that was be quiet you yeah. uh, took a guy under my wing that was uh, that was being bullied uh, back in yeah in the late seventies. Um, ever, ever since then, I've I've always been one to, to sort of look out for the the those that aren't quite able to look out for themselves and help themselves, and and I've carried that on throughout my life and. Uh, I think that's and and hopefully making uh, my parents proud um, is is what makes me proud um, and my family, wife, kids. Talk to and what about you, Rob? I think Pete undersells himself as well there a little bit. To be fair, he's, he's a, a very very big part of what this club does and and how it works. And I think the wheels would have fell off a long time ago had he not got involved, but. Well, I'll talk to him about that later. Um, <laughs> and I don't know, for me, the, the, I don't know, probably the thing that makes me most proud is trying to show my kids that, you know, I try I try and be a certain person, the kind of person that I didn't have growing up. Um, so, uh, someone that they can look up to, someone that if they've got a problem, I'd hate to think, like, I was never, never very good at it growing up because I don't think, my 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 parents are of a different generation. My dad's eighty three now, so you know. But even when I was younger, he had me at fifty. So by the time I'd hit kind of thirteen, fifteen, he was in his sixties, um, and it, we just didn't have a lot in common. And it made it really hard that he had a set mentality um, and, a, and an attitude that I think that we're now slowly growing out of. But it was very much that tough enough attitude. Um, so I don't think I had the opportunity as much growing up to be able to kind of get things off my chest. And, and there's something that I definitely want to change now and something that I hope my kids will look at in the future. And if they ever have got a problem, I, I'd hate if they went somewhere else. I'd really, you know, I'm trying to build something where they can trust me with anything and they can come to me. Um, so hopefully the, the pride will come in the future whereby, you know, they can come to me and say, Dad, I've got a problem. Can you help me? Um, because there's too, there's too many, there's far, far too many people that just are too scared to have that first conversation. Um, so for me, it, I won't know, I won't be able to be proud of myself until later. Um, but on the flip side to that, in terms of what's happened in the last couple of years, I would, I would like to hope and and think that Neve would be proud of what we've done and what we've achieved um, from something. You know, I firmly believe that her purpose looking back at it and, and having gone through kind of the different stages of thoughts and feelings and emotions and stuff, I kind of think that her purpose wasn't to be here as strange as that sounds. And it was to put me on the path to be able to help if I could, or, you know, build what we've built um, and meet the people that I've met. So I, I, hopefully she's proud of me. Um, but on the flip side to that, I'll, I'm going to have to do some work to make sure that the, the other kids can grow up to be proud of me. So, yeah, um, hopefully I've, I've managed to make my parents proud, but 
they don't tell you that very often, do they? Either you know, parents are very, <laughs> you know, they like they like to keep you on on the on the on the knife edge, you know. Um, but yeah, you know, it's one of those. It's very much a uh, an ongoing thing, but hopefully it'll all work out in the end. Amazing, uh, gents! Thank you again for joining me on the Football and Feelings podcast. I'll make sure I post the uh, um, Sands United Northlands social media links in the description for everyone to find. Um, yeah, I think we'll end it there. Thank you again, lads. Thank you very much. Thanks, thank you. Cheers. Yeah, thanks, for, thanks for having us and uh, talking to us. And uh, yeah, so hopefully we can get the message out there and, and help as many people as we can. That's it. I'll see you next year in Brighton. Yes, Absolutely. yeah. <laughs> Keep doing the good work. If you, uh, I'll, I'll be listening in now. Now I've, I've listened to the other ones, so I'll be Appreciate pitching it. in, keeping an eye on you. Um, but stuff. yeah, if, if you want to come down to Brighton, just yeah, let us know. Get down there. Well done. Bring your Absolutely. boots, though. Bring your boots. Look, um, all I'm going to say is if you want a, a world-class CDM or a ball-playing centre-back, you've got him. All right? Well, we, need, we need both of those. <laughs> 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 top stuff okay thank you for listening to the football and feelings podcast a lot can happen in the next three years like a chatbot maybe your new best friend but what won't change needing health insurance united healthcare tri-term medical plans are available for these changing times Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare tri-term medical plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com.